Welcome to the Cockney Guide to Enlightenment podcast with me, Stephen Rosen. This is a place where we have deep conversations and find out what really makes people tick. I've been through a very deep journey in my own life from being a a nine-year-old in the early 70s selling stolen shoes down at Brick Lane to uh, a 22-year-old standing in a hotel room surrounded by drugs and bags of money uh, with uh, war in Lebanese militia. I have seen some interesting times in life and I changed all of that round and became a very successful businessman in the city of London and found that there was something missing. So this podcast is about going deeper underneath the surface of what we might think that we need in life. There's a rich uh, quality of life that we all can tap into and sometimes we have to just dig a bit deeper. So my story was lost in the Babylon. It's actually on Amazon now. I hope you enjoy this podcast. If you do, please uh, share it with your friends. Please subscribe or just follow. And you can connect with me at Cockney Profit on social media. Let us know what you think of it and enjoy this episode. Welcome to the... uh, Podcast The Cockney Guide to Enlightenment, and today I've got Miriam Wagner, who's just an inspiration to me. And yeah, Miriam's uh, she's she's put this book out, Yin for Life, which is uh, just such a beautiful work. And I was just saying to you earlier, I was really moved by the inscription that you wrote to me, and just by you know your words and how you've expressed yourself in that. Miriam also, I know, is uh, is a qualified therapist. Uh, you're a yoga teacher. You're a qualified Pilates teacher, I think. Wow, very much back. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> and, uh, and what else do you do? Because I know you do lots of other stuff. First of all, thank you so much for having me here. I'm really super thrilled to be here. And... Um, well, what I'm doing is um, quite diverse as I have been changing and evolving over the last, let's say, 25 years especially. But I would say whatever I do, whether it is in a therapeutic way, as an osteopath with Chinese medicine, therapy, cranial sacred treatment, so with, with actual physical touch, or whether it is through guidance in in trainings when I'm training therapists or yoga teachers and get them closer to the interconnectedness of the body with our emotions and also experiences. I really always see that main motivation is really supporting healing from within. And from there, I keep evolving and investigating and researching and also practicing in all different directions. Wow, yeah. I mean, that's, that, that's beautiful. And uh, I know you, you're running retreats and, and uh, you're working with your partner, David, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. On, on lots of stuff. And I've also, I think we met at the Aesthetic Dance, didn't we, here on the island? That's true. And, and had a wonderful conversation there. Right away, yeah. right away. Yes, yeah. that's true. It just, was wonderful. Mm-hmm. Just connected. But the, the type of work you're doing is, is obviously, I think it's all taking people inside to this internal connection, which I think is is the way forward, isn't it, for whatever you're doing in life. And 
however you want to evolve in life, you need to align first, don't you? Because otherwise you're you're just grabbing, just grabbing yeah. and, and trying to, you know, scramble about, I think. Yeah, absolutely. I think it was that uh, my own situation as my first 30 years, I was kind of not very conscious about my choices or I made choices that brought me in a situation where I was literally inside, I was dead, I was numb. And I made some quite courageous choices that brought me then into the emptiness and stillness. I had two little children by that time. But in that moment, um, my body really told me, like, if I would continue the way I did before, I would get so sick that I could not be anymore there for my children or also for myself. So it was really then when I started to um, work, of course, in my own own story, work up my own past and everything, so I could also be there for, for these little beings and, and be a guidance, a reference for them, and so I kept evolving with them. And what I really understood in, the, in those very difficult moments, also on a survival level, but I really understood if my, let's say, if my choices, my lifestyle, the people I surround myself by, um, and also what I'm doing, does not support uh, a healthy, holistic union from really body, mind, and soul, then not only the body gets sick, but everything else too. And so from there I was looking because I had no idea what I was going to do. I came from the hotel business. I was in the five-star hotel high society class. And I definitely knew I did not want to stay there because this was what at the end made me really sick and mm. um, brought me in this isolation. And from there, I was really working a lot, investigating, studying, practicing right away with the body and with therapeutic approaches. And from there, it was like it didn't stop. It, I always went deeper and it expanded and uh, it's just wonderful to see myself, my children, my patients, clients, to see them blossom once it is understood that it's all yeah. interconnected. I, I, I did read, and, and it's in your, you, you put, because we were just saying that, you know, it's his, it, your, your book's kind of, although it wasn't intentional, it's your autobiography is, is kind of weaved its way in amongst that. And, and your daughter's poems in there are just beautiful. I mean, they're just fabulous. But uh, I, I read about, you know, you, 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 you was in that lifestyle and you was married and, uh, and, I, and, and, and it just wasn't working for you. Was, you, was there a, a, like a catalyst for your change? Because you said that you was kind of dead inside uh, and I know from my own experience, I, I, I became lost, completely lost, yeah. and and it was it was unconscious and conscious that I was trying to escape from something that I couldn't be with, 
And I just wondered if, if you had any sort of similar catalyst for the change or, or you yeah. know, did you become ill or, or anything like that? That's a good question. I mean, by the birth of my children, I started to become aware that I could impossibly um, educate them in a way or pass on to them what has passed on to me. I, I just saw that their reaction was like this pure, innocent, direct, unfiltered direction to what I put on to them, which at the beginning was just inherently what I got. And I didn't want them to be sad or feel like this or rage or unseen. So literally the reaction of my children to my action that I unconsciously put forward what they did to me woke me up. And then, of course, it was not so conscious how I'm describing it now. And I was like another six years in this marriage and in this uh, first stage, I would say, where I started to change behavior patterns and see my children blossom. But me, myself, I was still in the same situation. And so... I was really not conscious. I would have kept on like this, I have to say. And I was looking for um, compensating for this unhappiness in many different ways that were not really nice, not really uh, really respectful of others, but especially not respectful for myself. And I have to say it was really love that um, made me aware what life was offering me there. So I met um, another person, another guy, where I felt again so alive and and light and with this joy that I had lost for so many years because I I became somebody to fit in in this life that I was living there. And uh, first I just thought, ah, that's just, you know, a holiday thing, temporarily, whatever. And I quickly understood that it wasn't. And when I brought this forward to my back then husband, the reaction was so strong from him, like including including violence and, and other things that were not so nice, but Thank God it was like this because I would literally have gone back and did everything, would have done everything to fix that or to continue to fit in as I did before. Yeah, compensation I think is, I mean you use that word of compensating and, and, and we do so much compensating in our lives, don't we? You know, we, and I'm just going to read this part actually because it's really, I found, I found this this one little section i mean there's many things in your book that i'd like to read but many of us seem to be in a lifelong destructive relationship with ourselves cut off from our true source and lost in an inner ocean of self-doubt emotional conflict and a deeply rooted need to please others i mean that was for me you know that paragraph is just so so enlightening and so so beautiful and uh and it just sums up Mm. It sums up a lot of our journeys in life and a lot of our struggles and, and compensating is, you know, 
for, for my own life, I, I was living living a life that I thought I was in control of. Uh, I mean, even after I, I, I was out completely out of control in my life yeah. for a long time uh, with drugs and, and, and everything I got into that I, I thought was going to be my solution. But even when I, I'd managed to change, you know, I was still living life by my belief systems, which were outworn, <laughs> and certainly by my conditioning from childhood yeah. that really didn't serve me anymore. And it was like, you know, I was living my life up here on the surface mm-hmm. and there was something much deeper that was pulling the strings and I was just dancing about like a puppet, just completely unaware of, of you know, what I was doing and, and really what motivated me. So I think that, you know, that ability f- for us as humans to learn to compensate rather than to face or, yeah. or to have the ability or the support or the nurturing you know, sometimes it, it comes to a crisis, doesn't it, in life before, like, you know, you, with your marriage, you know, just uh, some sort of crisis before you actually have the courage to look at this stuff and change it. And I yeah, think, I think that, so, huh? Yeah, I think that that's just, you know, for you to put that in your book and us to be speaking about that, it's just such a great topic to be, mm. you know, putting out there in the world because I think we all compensate, you know. Yeah. And funny enough, my daughter, I, I mean, I... I've I've kind of you know I I was in a, a 26 year relationship which had stopped oh. working but you know I was there for certain reasons that some of them was was really you know valid reasons that I still had a, a son who was quite young mm, and I yeah. wanted to uh, not disrupt his childhood you of know course. similar sort of motivations to you really of course uh, and, and 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 then and then I've needed to learn about. Uh, you know how to be in a relationship with me and not to compensate and not to sort of you know sell myself short and it was actually my daughter who said to me I was having a chat with my daughter who's who's like she's 35 now and and she said you know it's about it's about learning to to compromise but not to sacrifice so in life and and in relationships you know there's always going to be some compromise we can't have it all our own way but when we start yes. sacrificing ourselves, yes. that, that's when we fall out of alignment. So was she your catalyst, well, or did you have other? She was part of it. Yeah, mm. I mean, I was in it, kind of in my own madness when when she mm. was conceived, and mm. and I wanted to, I wanted her to come into a life without mm. a, a, an addict and a lunatic as a father who was, yeah. you know, involved in all the stuff that I was involved in. So that was a big part of it. Yeah, but I I don't think that that alone would have changed me. To be honest, I'd like to say oh, hand mm. on heart that it would have. But mm-hmm. learning what I know now, I think it was just my spirit was dying, and and, yeah. and that's what called me. You know, that's what that was the catalyst that changed me. It's very strong, no? This experience, and 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 I mean, I think we are lucky that we when we can catch ourselves when we are aware that our spirit is dying. Or somehow, if it's through pain, or if it's through a clear insight, or sometimes it's something from the outside that, that brings us into a very deep crisis. But I think to become aware that we are dying inside of ourselves, I'm so grateful I did, because I can see a lot of my friends or people who used to be around me, I could see them continue their lives, or people who make choices and I understand why, 
but who make other choices, who do not decide to recognize that and then make the changes because it really needs a lot of courage and it needs a lot of, um, not sacrifice, but the consequences, everything has its uh, price. So we need to be willing to pay that price to whatever change or consequence will be there for us. Yeah, and they're they're quite big consequences. And the consequences of not making those choices are are really severe as well. Yeah. I I, I mean, I wrote my book, obviously, and and I think you've read it. And and, and the reason I wanted to put that out there is because you know, I thought you can live a whole lifetime without truly knowing who you are or what you're yeah. about or without truly aligning to, you know, your purpose here and, and finding out what that is. Yeah. There's so many, so many conversations and distractions and so many things external, you know, whether they be relationships or work or, you know, things that we do to fill us up to, to compensate for that loss of connection with ourselves, I think. Absolutely, yeah. It's really interesting, isn't it? And that once you start on this on this road, really, to uh, to self discovery, how painful the journey is, and how difficult. And as you say, you have to be so courageous. You have to have so much courage to uh, to start trying to, to align with your deeper truth. Mm. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's clearly, I see that again and again, in, no matter in which circumstances in life or which area in life, it just needs a willingness to to go there. And often, especially when we haven't done conscious choices yet in life, it's really that life kicks in through crisis, through sickness through accidents through something that happens to literally pull us gently and sometimes not so gently into the direction where we really should go or should look at and I totally understand because as long as it is working why should we change Mm. so like the body and the um, language of the body the pain the body is so much compensating by herself which is incredible it's insane it's like a miracle that we are here but once all the different parts are have used all of their uh, possibilities to compensate then they need us to participate and how do we do it uh, um, how does it happen through pain yeah so crisis pain limitations it's all a language to wake us up to make us look at a certain point more closely so we can make changes when then healing can occur but healing is not agreeable healing is not pleasant healing is it sucks and healing is painful so some of us we decide not to look at and again and again until eventually hopefully makes us look at it deeper yeah and i I think i mean that's a a beautiful way to put it and and i think that what happens is until we go through that process until we actually start working that process and we'd be you know we become to maybe not embrace it but you know to experience that process uh we we can't see the other side of it so 
we don't know what the benefits are going to be. But right. obviously, sometimes that pain gets so deep and so intense that it leaves us little choice. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, some of the other choices are, are really not pleasant, are they? To try and escape ourselves and ultimately, you know, maybe escape this, this life or this experience of life that, you know, I've, I'm sure a lot of people do because they haven't, you know, they haven't got that, uh, what, whatever it takes, you know, that support, mm. that nurturing, that faith, that courage mm. to uh, to carry on. And I've to certainly been to that point myself uh, on a couple of occasions in life. So, yeah, I, I have know. the feeling also when I, I mean, I just know about your story through your book a little bit. So I guess, or I find that for sure the choices you made before you made the change and said, no, I cannot go on like this. And I mean, it's not only once a life, there are different rounds, no different points when we come to the same situation with different options or like in a different layer. But I find it so valid that we have tried the compensations before because like this, we, it will not be another temptation or it may be another temptation for another um, situation, but we know if we go down that road that seems sometimes easier, more comfortable, we know where it takes us because we have been there. And I, I find these experiences is what are so valid. We cannot learn this by a book or by a guru. I really find that life has been my biggest guru and is our biggest guru. So from the decisions we make, the experiences we have, we can again reconsider our decisions, have other dif um, different experiences and again make our choices, whether the same or different. But I find this the beauty of pain and of dramas and not nice experience that they serve us so much in our own path and then also really feel with others when they come to us other whether it's family friends or when we evolve in our professional life into these areas we then know or we have a glimpse what it feels like and we do not try to fix them or to just mm give them advices, we can hold them in a different way. We can be with them because we have been there. And I find this, I'm grateful for every single experience, especially the painful ones, because they give me so much more tools to connect with other human beings and really be with them, which I couldn't have done otherwise. Uh, I, yeah, I, I completely understand that and agree with that and and uh we be we become the healers you know when we heal we become healers yeah. in all different ways and uh, i was reading in your book there you spoke about you know trying to encourage people to reach their potential and mm. i've been talking about that for years in sort of 12-step fellowships and and the other groups that i sort of attend about you know, for finding our potential, because yeah. quite often we we don't we like once again we compensate, don't we? We'll yeah. go for the security, or we'll go for something that might not be such a difficult option. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just so beautiful to be in a, in a place 
and and that's what I love about kind of what you're doing and your work and and other people that I meet who have been through their own traumas and and they've come through it and yeah. you know they've they've learned from their pain or they've evolved from their pain is probably a better way to put it and then they're there to support other people and and not to fix them because yeah. we we know that yeah you know the last thing you want when you're going through a painful experience and you know that you're working through something is people to try and take that away from you yeah. in some shape or form which yeah you know most people feel that they need to do they feel that they need to oh let's run in and rescue this person because yeah. they're in a terrible position but yeah i think it's uh it's a gift to to be around people and to be able to hold space and and hold people without you know trying to yeah trying to do it for them really or just allowing them their their pain and allowing them their journey in life because you know that's that's really what it's all about isn't it it's just aligning to this journey and i've recently gone through you know i've had a a wound triggered recently and i've been Mm. thinking about wounds today and it's been quite painful and it was a wound that i thought you know, I'd done a lot of work and I'd done a lot of healing around mm. and it was like an abandonment wound. The initial wound was an abandonment wound and then, you know, the work that I've done has just showed me how that played out throughout my life and throughout my romantic relationships and other relationships and, and yeah, it was triggered again really uh, just after Christmas. So I've been in the process of observing it and, and how powerful it is, even when you you know, you know, even when you've done a lot of healing, how powerful and how much trapped energy is in that wound. And just looking at, observing at where it wants to take me and the signals that it's sending me and the stories it's trying to create in my, in my head. And, uh, yeah, it was, I, I embraced it really and I embraced it and, and, and thought, you know, this is, this is really interesting. That I get the chance now not to be acting out on that stuff, and not to be in the grip of all this stuff, but just to be able to observe it and see what's going on, and see why you know at seventeen I wanted to take my life because it was so mm. painful, you know, to mm. be to feel the loss of something or mm. you know to feel the loss of a person. Uh, back then, I, I didn't have that connection with myself that I have today, yeah. and it's just yeah, it's been really. I want to, you know, I want to talk about this. I want to tell people about this. I want to heal people with with my knowledge and my experience just by sharing it in an accessible way. And, yeah, I think I'm going to write probably a chapter in the, in the new book that I'm writing, uh, something along the lines of, you know, wounds, the wounds can be your enlightenment or something like that because I think, you know, when you really get a chance to work with with these deep wounds and I don't think they're I think they're they're kind of they're emotional wounds but I think they're also soul wounds I think Mm -hmm. you know I think my 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 soul was kind of wounded in a way because it's just so deep this stuff and it's so powerful yeah and yeah we can get through it I mean that's the beautiful thing we can actually navigate through it and and come out the other side stronger, whole, and happy and free. 
Yeah, it's interesting. I, I just had a talk, a conversation this morning with a friend of mine about, and she's also in her 50s, so about how strong these original wounds and patterns are. And no matter how much we work on them, they will always be part of us, right? And um, especially the wounds we carry on from childhood, and um, I, I really, since I am in this um, healing world, therapeutic world, or like, let, let's say, conscious world um, of myself, my behavior, my reactions, and, and then, of course, also of those other people, from other people. But I really have come to the conclusion that healing for me does not mean get rid of pain. That healing for me is really to embrace the light and shadow and just find peace with this and see them like like you did that you just told me right now like you you have been working with them a lot and kind of we expect that they are they are gone but the healing what really happened is that now you can see them and you can be with them with the same patterns that years ago want, uh, made you want to uh, die and take mm. your own life and now you are capable to see to feel and to be with it so this is a healing and this is like this is so powerful and i think it's so important that we recognize it from ourselves and we can appreciate our own journey as it might seem we are always dealing with the same we are not advancing but that we are actually yes we are advancing and our reaction to it is different. Yeah, I mean that's 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 kind of sums sums up what what uh, what the the outcome is because it, it's probably never ever going to go away, you know, and yeah. and potentially would get triggered at different times. Uh, but yeah, it's there, and it's just about being with us wholly, you know. Yeah. Uh, and you you wrote about conversations with God. And, and what kind of come out of it for you. And one of the things that I think you said was shocking is that there is no good or bad. There's just duality. And we have light and darkness within us. And it's about the choices that we make around that stuff. So yeah. I think that kind of probably is, is a way of looking at what we were just speaking about as well. I hope I haven't thrown a spanner in the works there or <laughs> I've gone down a different route. <laughs> no, but it is, definitely. I think, I mean, I was there, I was going, this is the last chapter really, where I also wanted to um, share some of the spiritual or some of my spiritual journey that actually started with the church. I was raised ca uh, uh, Catholic. And um, I also realized with the years, by turning my back to the Catholic Church and going into yoga, into Buddhism, Course in Miracle, conversations with God, my own life, basically, I, I really realized also how deep this wound is or the patterns from uh, the environment we are raised with or religions that are used, abused 
to make us become those people that society would like to or to our make families. Us compliant, yeah. And despite all my I consider myself as a wild free woman, I had different moments along all my life until the moment of today where I recognize how much more there is to be revealed and solved and healed. And especially with this um, pattern and wound of guilt and sin and doing the right thing and being the good girl or the good boy. And so I, I was so much pleased and grateful through all these different traditions where I was involving in the different people I met, life itself, to still freeing myself by any of these conditions. And in the conversations with God, there was really the key point of, like, there is no good and bad. What choice do you make? What do you want now? And then you take it from there. And like, like the, us, we being the creators of our lives and having total freedom of making choices that we want and through that creating our hell or our heaven, but not that there is a hell and heaven we are moving towards but yeah. experimenting here in, in this life, actually, what does it mean to feel in the, to be in the dark and um, have the shadow parts which are important so then we can decide, I don't want to be in the shadow or now it's enough, I want to move towards the light again. And mm -hmm. I decide what this light is. And this freed me, I think, a big time. Now in my 50s, from all beliefs, Christian beliefs, uh, Catholic beliefs, what I was trying still to be the, the good girl and making the right decisions. Yeah. So it's unbelievable. It's it, powerful. It is powerful. And yeah, I, I think that's what has turned a lot of people away from uh, these traditional religions now because they've yeah. just discovered that they're just really just trying to control yeah. and uh, to produce people... Uh, that, that are just towing the line, really. And I suppose maybe the intentions are, are, are good and the intentions mm -hmm. are, are right, but I think, you know, we need freedom to discover our own, our own light and darkness without being told that you're going to burn in hell if, <laughs> yeah. if you do that or if you don't do the suggested things that these so-called... Uh, religious leaders or people are, are telling you to do the interesting thing is that i have observed that freedom that for me also is the ultimate and and i put freedom in front of everything but freedom not everybody is really willing or capable to use the freedom that comes with responsibility which means i need to make my choices and I see that why religions, traditions, yoga direc uh, directions, ashrams, um, therapy work, um, uh, any therapeutic way, why these are working often so much, because deep down we are kind of looking for somebody who finally tells us what to do. You know, what is right? Where does it go to enlightenment? Where will I stop suffering? What is the right thing? As it is a lot of work and it is challenging and exhausting to make the decisions and 
to live through the different emotions and challenges. And even in the yoga world, you know, all the big traditions have shown that the leaders are abusing their followers or members and the members even decide even after knowing that they have been abusing physically energetically mentally the members of the whole community they keep going there they keep worshiping the, their gods so it's um, with the freedom that we have so it's a fascinating topic here also that we we are more willing to give up our freedom in order not to take responsibility so that somebody we can follow somebody who who can tell us what to do it was the church before but now they are other gurus leaders techniques traditions and we are more than willing to put all our reasoning aside or intuition to then follow them it's really fascinating it is fascinating I, I find it fascinating and I was just I mean wh why do you think as, as human beings why do you think we are so easily kind of led and easily manipulated is it is it that that we just deep down we really just don't want to take responsibility yeah I, I can only talk from my own experience especially I think we often have a wrong concept of life that has been taught or that we have seen and is shown to us that when we get to a certain stage we will all get it we will all have it it will be done suffering will be done all these so-called unpleasant experiences will be done and we can live in peace and of course this is not happening it's like it's a It's a dance between the polarities. It needs to be a dance because only when we have the opposites and uh, polarities, new things can be created and evolution yeah. can happen and life is happening. And um, I, was, I was really understanding it. The last really drop fell not only in the 10 days of... Uh, the dissection course that I did in Scotland with Gil Hadley. But when I was going to the embry uh, study embryology with Jaap van der Waal, when we were just concentrating on these moments of conception and a few days afterwards, and then understanding that without these polarities, the feminine and the masculine, the yin and the yang, the egg and, and uh, the sperm, I also... Um, yeah, write I about that. it. I read that. It was fascinating. It's yeah. like this, this then, then something new yeah. can happen. And the suffering and the struggles and the doubts and the being lost and uh, even not wanting to live anymore are part of it. So then afterwards we can explode. We can love and feel the joy. So I think this concept, is still not fully understood and it's not sold to us like this because, of course, uh, a lot of products, um, th those who want to sell products, this no. is not serving them. No, yeah. So I see one of the key points there. That's definitely definitely one of the key points. And I, I was thinking the other day, uh, actually, about how, how we experience this life and how we're being sold this this, this uh, experience of life and, and especially from religions and I think you know if you go back 
to the Middle Ages, you know, religions controlled everyone. Yeah. They controlled people for religions. And, and as they've kind of gradually lost their grip, then it's moved to different things. Technology is becoming mm. one of them. And and, and I, I think, you know, there is a, a lot of vested interests out there that want to keep people really consuming, you know, yeah. just consuming and not really getting to a, a deeper truth. So I think that's definitely part of it. Mm. And my own observation on, on the other part of it was... You know, when when life got too painful for me and, and I, I just didn't want to experience it anymore, I wondered if uh, if what I, I really wanted to do was just refine that connection with what I had before. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I had a really powerful experience uh, coming out of a breathwork. I'd done a breathwork session. And after I was kind of like in the recovery after the breathwork session, so I was fully conscious again. And I rolled over onto my side in the fetal position and I was like transported. I was back in the womb, connected to uh, just whatever beautiful connection I had before Mm. I came here. And coming out of that experience, I came away uh, and just immediately felt filled with just such a deep, deep sadness. Mm. And so it's like when I took my first breath here, you know, I was up against it. I was up against life. And I wonder, it made a lot of sense for me on my own journey to sort of have that in place because I, I, I was disconnected from the very beginning. And I wonder if if, if in, our, in our human journeys through life, you know, and we never really find that deep connection with our spirit and our soul. I wonder sometimes if it just gets to the point where we think, I just want out of this and maybe not really know that there's anything else but a need to try and get back to that connection. Maybe people don't even know about that connection. Maybe it's just been washed away. But certainly it came to my, you know, my thoughts the other day when I was thinking about this of, Especially when I was back in this in this womb stuff and observing all of this signals and messages that mm. were coming out of it, and that was one of them. One of them was this is too much, you know. I can't, yeah. I can't be here. I can't do this. And I was observing it, and that's where that, that kind of train of thought came from for me. But I wonder if that's because you 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 wrote about, you know, in our DNA really. You know, there's just so much when even in our DNA when we're born, and so much in our cells and our makeup you know, so much conditioning and so much that's been passed down from previous generations. I wonder if we're just hardwired with, with all of that stuff and and then to cut through that and to find a deeper deeper meaning. Mm-hmm. You know, I know a meaning, obviously, life is, life is its own force and, you know, we are here to survive and we're here to evolve, but... I just wonder if that deep uh, conditioning, if that deep sort of uh, engineering of, of of our genes and that is is uh, is part of that as well, or maybe I've just gone so deep there. That no, but it is. I think this is really something that we may have now all touched a little bit more in the last few years, and our life changed, no, through the pandemic and this virus, and like when life did not continue anymore, like higher, higher, faster, faster. And with the concepts that we were used to, I mean, it it was one of the times when I 
also for my quite positive um, approach to life and, and also experience in the last 25 years had also to touch ground and even, you know, darkness again to connect again with this uh, depression-like uh, state, like these questions, what does it matter if I'm here or not? What is it really about? Is this really it? I mean, it doesn't make sense. It's so tough here, this life, this human life. I feel like that we we need to touch that also. We need to feel and go through it again to make the choice again. We can make the choice and say, it's too tough, it's too hard. And I, I would say I understand every single human being who says, it's too tough, I have to leave somehow. Because it is tough and it can be very touching. And we are talking here in a very privileged environment. So knowing that there is so much more suffering out there, and I I really don't know, I have a huge respect for human beings anyway to get up again every morning and facing all the challenges. And some have really survival challenges. uh, challenges, uh, pain, uh, torture, um, hunger, really deep, deep problems. But also we in the privileged worlds face deep um, problems and suffering, even if there are maybe more psychological, more, more mental and also emotional. But I find it is important to get this ground also and to to see what it feels like there because it's life too. It is dark and it is sad and it is heavy. But then when we feel again the joy and when we see again the light, we can again recognize that. That's what they always say in all the different traditions. Like you cannot know what's up when you haven't been down. So again, this concept of life. But uh, I think I, I definitely can understand in a much better way now, where I'm now, that human experience definitely is a tough ride. Mm. And um, no matter what spiritual approach we have, we are still bound, bound to our physical body and, and, and existence. And also here, when we are too bound and too concentrated on our um, physical needs or sensations and uh, survival then it can be really very dry and very like really but if we are too much up there connected to the spiritual world where we are going to where we come from it's also hard to make it here so Mm. again this dance uh, in between the two or several uh, spectrums in which we are living and having our experiences. Yeah, and what a beautiful way to to put it, that we need to just dance through life, and life is a dance, and it's moving, and... And obviously, I I know, you know, you can't have... You can't love without having loss. Yeah. You know, they're opposite ends of the same thing, different polarities. Uh, Mm. You can't have joy without suffering some pain and then knowing really what joy is you know so mm. these are all experiences that are they I, I think they're they're intended you know they're intended yeah. as part of this journey through life and 
and they are needed and it's just lovely to <laughs> you know just to to kind of verbalize this because I'm sure lots of people you know don't don't have these conversations lots of people don't really you know they're just stuck on one side of it and and they don't really you know no one's saying to them look yeah unfortunately that's how it is you know you got a you got to experience that to experience the other side yeah. of it and and all our lives are relative obviously you know there's people who are out there who are really in extreme circumstances mm. and yeah and uh yeah we're all we're all on our own individual journeys through this life so it's yeah. uh i'm not comparing apples against orange i think we all yeah we all have to go through what we go through and there's no shortcuts really and i think you know we can we yeah, can well, try i think this uh, shortcut is something that you know whether it is if we want to lose weight and we buy in any of the techniques or products that promise us a shortcut or whether it is um staying young or you know reaching a, a a goal where we need to put the work in we cannot just snip at the fingers i think the shortcut is or promising us a shortcut or thinking that there are shortcuts i think it's another key point of 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 our suffering often or not not or inability to then to deal with all aspects of life because uh, it's just it's really a lie i think it's a it's a temptation where we are also used to by being told this lie in order to buy products again to 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 buy into courses to buy in anything else telling us that there, there is a shortcut where we do not have to feel so much because i really find that feeling needs again a willingness and needs again requests again courage to feel so much and i come from a culture where where emotions too much emotions are not really well seen i mean switzerland we are a lovely country lovely people as long as we fit in in a certain behavior patterns and this is really literally why i felt i needed to leave this country and where i found in other environments more support in expressing these different aspects of life i remember very well when i was already living here in spain and i had a visit of my brother with his boyfriend and we had a beautiful time together and we had a last dinner together and he said goodbye and I was I was crying. I, I this this pain, this sweet bit of pain, strong pain of saying goodbye. And he was looking at me as he still his face and he turned and went away. And I think four or five days later I got a message, Are you okay again? <laughs> like what, what made me understand what what the difference why I had to move out of yeah. the environment I was in. It doesn't mean that all um, all Switzerland, everybody who lives in Switzerland, is like this. But where I was raised in and lived, and um, it really r- requires courage to feel, and not everybody is willing to do that. And that's why also all the other no different. 
choices of drugs or substances to to numb us or to make some feeling stronger well wherever we go to yeah i mean people normally just want to feel the good stuff don't they the good the good things Et voilà. yeah. Et voilà. yeah yeah and this is i think this is very this is what we haven't understood this is where uh, how do you say equivocado um this is a error in our our yeah. thinking we cannot just go for the good stuff i mean we can go for it yeah we, we, it's, we can it's, try. yeah it's, it's kind of just part of the uh the illusion isn't it that that you know we we try to maintain i suppose a lot of the time we try to maintain an illusion that yeah. you know life is paying off and and then something bad happens and then it's like oh how do we how do we deal with that if we're not prepared to feel yeah you know how do we get through that I mean, it's it's also really cultivated this way. When if you have a TV and you you watch, you know, publicity, it's like really cultivated. You know, the successful way as it should be, and to be happy. And if we do not experiment it, I I could see it in myself and also raising two children. Then it can easily be um, taken for a failure. Something is wrong with me. No, that I'm yeah. not successful, that I'm not constantly happy, that I also want to be alone. I do not want to be always with other people and be the party boy or girl. So I think it is really uh, cultivated and we need to look for a way that these parts are also covered and we can express them without feeling shame or feeling weird or thinking like this is something I'm wrong here. So everybody else is happy. And uh, successful only me, not so. What is wrong with me? Yeah, and I think I think we need a lot more voices out there. Yeah, you know, just speaking the speaking our truths. You know, speaking our truth and 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 being okay, not being okay. Yeah, you know, because that's yeah, that's that's the myth that you know you've you've you, if you're not okay, then there's something wrong with you. That's you it. know, but it, it's not, yeah. is it? It's uh, quite often. It's, you, you just have to not be okay, but get yeah. you a bit comfortable with not being okay and yeah. not trying to then, once again, get back to the compensation to compensate and, and try to conform. And, uh, it's, you know, you mentioned your brother and, and I was reading about your relationship with your, your father, which mm. I found the, the, way, the way that you put it was, was really beautiful because you had a really good connection with your father. But he had his, his, his kind of views and his own uh, condition in life which which kind of you know was uh wasn't wasn't uh particularly encompassing of of the female uh gender was it absolutely yeah it is his birthday by the way oh is today. it yeah <laughs> yeah with with my father and with my parents i mean when you read the book, I, you know, touch it, no, in a way that they could not support me in a very uh, important moment and it, the opposite. They kind of stabbed me in my back. And hindsight, already a few years later, I could see it and I could even express it as hard and painful this was and it was really a shock for me. Uh, to be betrayed by those that I really felt I was somehow held or loved, which left a big wound also on yeah. me. But really seeing and f 
even expressing the gratitude, thank God I did, because I would never ever have found or connected to the resources inside of me that still haven't been expressed. So I was kind of also floating and living a quite superficial, easy life, easy choices, easy direction, beautiful everything, but I was dying inside. And that shock and trauma moment, separation from my first husband, uh, being excluded from my family, rejected from the society, really was a big crisis and forced me to look deeper. What was there? Who was I? Who did I want to be? And uh, cultivating strength and qualities and getting access to them that I would never have done without it. I would not sit here if my father would have told me, like, come home, we will take care of you and bring your children. Yeah. I mean, I could have been a middle way, of course, but uh, I totally see this uh, uh, the gift of it. Absolutely, yeah, and it's, and it's getting back to that, you know, you, you discovered your, your potential by, yeah. by that adversity and... and you know, embracing that and making a, a conscious choice that this isn't where I need to be. I need yeah. to, I need to be moving forward. And I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have opted that way, this difficult, painful way, if I wasn't forced to. Why would I? Yeah, yeah. So I totally get this. That yeah, and that's a really good point because in in the the twelve step program in uh, in the twelve step fellowships, there's. One of the steps is step four, and it's we made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Yeah. And I always say to people, I mean, it's a fantastic process to go through for anybody, yeah. you know, really to take stock on a, on a deep, deep level of your life. Mm. But I, I normally say to people, you know, if we hadn't gone to the, the depths that we went, why would anyone want to do this? You know, anyone out there, why would you want to yes. sort of investigate and go that deeply into your life if you wasn't kind of forced into it, really? Yeah. So I think, you know, they're gifts, I suppose. They are gifts. When you look back with hindsight that, you know, you've been given maybe a gift or maybe at the time an opportunity that, yeah. that you, you know, you can't really see as, uh, see it like that at the point maybe, but, you know, when you go along that path and, and then you, you follow your potential, mm -hmm. you follow your truth and you align with, who you really are, yeah. or who you want to be, who you want to create yourself to be. Yeah. You can look back and think, wow, you know, that was that was a bit of synchronicity happening in my life there. What is also beautiful, I find, and also important part, when we have gone through one of these deep crises once, that we do not necessarily go into the next one because we might recognize the signs before as we, we do not each time need to go into crisis or get sick or uh, have a trauma in order to learn something or understand. I think this is the beautiful thing when we are aware and awake and get older that we can capture, uh, kept or we, we see it earlier, we recognize it earlier, some similarity and we can make the changes or the pause then without having to hit our head again against the wall. Yeah. And this is what I appreciate about getting older. And it doesn't mean it stops or gets easier. 
but somehow it gets more fun because I can really laugh about myself like look at you you're running again in the same direction ready to hit your wall the wall do you really want to go there do you really want to continue there and so having a good laugh about myself yeah and and I think you do get that ability but it's you know it's hard one isn't it it's quite a hard one yeah Yeah. it's not it doesn't come easy and and not always no, and, and quite often, you know, you, you have to have done a lot of work on your patterns mm. and, and especially, you know, if that place is, is coming from a place of wounding, mm. you either have to have a real awareness of of that and, yeah. and make different choices. But it is amusing, isn't it? <laughs> it is. <laughs> Thank God for humour, I mean. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. No, it's funny when you when you get that ability to look at yourself and laugh and just think, wow, you know. Yeah. What, what am I doing or what do I yeah. think that I'm going to do different that you know I suppose that's the definition of insanity isn't it just yeah. to keep making the same mistakes and expecting different results I think insanity it's it's really great word because um like catching myself in insanity again and again like only only an example right now I'm I'm coming out of the uh, sabbatical year I'm now out of it for six months and it was very organic, a clear choice. And looking for my place again in how I wanted to share my gifts or my talents or my knowledge uh, brought me now back again into more into this one, one-to-one that I'm offering again, healing sessions, healing touch, next to the retreats and trainings that we also give. And I found myself in the first month, thank God, when I, I, I was renting my own practice again and receiving my patients. And I found myself again in this, oh my God, I have only three treatments this morning. Or what do I do? Like, you know, really getting tight, like I need to fill my empty space. And kept really, again, catching myself like, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? I am. I can now. I don't have to do it anymore. Like when I was a single mom, and I had to provide yeah. for my children, for myself. I do not do it anymore for survival. I do it for pleasure, for a sense of belonging and sharing and offering. And like catching myself into this not being enough still yeah. after everything and redirecting myself. And observing again, like, especially also in this spirituality, we, we just were both also had the honor to hear Deepak Chopra. Yes, you know? yeah, it was amazing. Amazing, wonderful evening we had. And then still having to catch ourselves, well, where, when do I stop striving and striving for more, for more evolution, for more spirituality, for more practices, for... You know, really like saying, this is insane. Still being open and curious and willing to change and evolve. But from a place of actually I'm enough right now and I'm good enough and I'm not too much. And from there, let's see what happens or what I want to do. But this I find is insanity, especially in our spiritual world also, where we mm, are all yeah. interested and we want to evolve. And where I also see, wow, there is another spiral of insanity 
that we are invited to catch ourselves. Yeah, and I, I think, I think, my, I mean, the way that I and and you know, kind of coined a phrase really that that, that sums that stuff up, and it's 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 really I'm only as good as I am right now. So all the stuff that I've learned and all the practices that I've yeah. learned, you know, they they served me yesterday and they might have served me the day before. But if I'm not present with with yeah. that stuff, then you know that that other pattern can quite easily try and reestablish, even if it's like you know for a few minutes or a, you know a, a whatever a day or you know just just momentarily. There's there's always these messages, these in, the insanities that. Yeah. You know, that you know don't don't work, and you know that you know you've done a lot of work on, on, on your own self worth and being present and the, your value of what you're doing, and you know, and that stuff can just creep in like it's it's uninvited, isn't it? It's just <laughs> an insane fault just comes in, and uh, and then I think if I don't catch that, and if I don't then immediately become present and do the work, which for me is 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 I do it in in three quick stages. So the first stage is to recognise my powerlessness over, over it might, might be the fault, you know, the fault that I'm not enough or the fault that I should be doing more uh, or whatever that fault is that doesn't serve me. So I recognise that I'm powerless. And then the second stage is to recognise that it is insane. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't stop the fault coming in because it just comes, it's there. You know, I haven't gone out and bought it, it's just there, it's in my brain. And yeah. uh, just to recognise that that's insane, that fault, because it's nonsense. And then the third part of that for me is is to surrender it, to let it go. So it's it's like when I catch that stuff coming into my life, and, and it does, it comes in, uh, I, I very quickly recognise it, assess it, and then just let it go and then get back to the present, get back to being present of practising what, you know, what I know. And and sometimes, you know, that's that can be a bit more difficult than other times, yeah. but generally I think... I find that practice, you know, that's kind of worked for me uh, over a long, long period of time now. So it's kind of like I integrate it, but I still have to do it. And when I don't do it, <laughs> yeah. you know, I'm just back in it again. I'm back in, back in like the mad story and, and like, yeah. oh, wow. And, but then I catch myself and, and you know, it, it's not turned into I'm acting out on that story or I'm, you know, taking it anywhere else. It's just I've let it run maybe. And then... Uh, then today I laugh at myself, you know, and I'm quite <laughs> kind and loving to myself in that yeah. process. And I think that's that's the difference between, you know, having that expectation that these things will, will never happen again because yeah. they do. And, and we're just kind of, I think all the work we do spiritually, uh, emotionally, you know, whatever it is, whatever work we do, it, it just gets us to, to the point of being conscious and present and as soon as we become unconscious and unpresent then that stuff is just waiting there in the wings to jump in and uh it sounds a bit dramatic doesn't it but you know in the process of getting into your faults it's like yeah it's like oh it's it's turned around quick let's get in there you know let's jump in yeah i think it is dramatic because it happens all the time right it's it's like what is happening in our mind is talks that we have with ourselves and negotiations um, hopefully negotiations it's it's really really incredible and there I, I I would like to ask you something because before you you were talking about this um, you know when getting too much immersed in life here and then 
really kind of wanting to go back to the feeling you had when you were in the womb or before what what practices do you have or how do you find back to this connection again with without dying without okay. taking your life do you have do you have practices or ways i do, do yeah that? yeah it's a really good point i'm glad that you you uh you asked that because i i mean basically i think when 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 that occurs i am in the energy of of a wound or in the energy of of unconsciousness uh, mm. sometimes as i said earlier i can be conscious and i can still feel the the energy of that uh, that pull so my practices are i meditate quite a lot and i've been doing you know this past six months i've been meditating every day probably you know minimum 15 minutes mm -hmm. sometimes an hour quite often an hour or 45 minutes and i i'm connecting i'm i'm maintaining my my consciousness by connecting with people uh, mm -hmm. nature energy you know uh, just i i think I, i i found that you know i have got all that i need within me you know mm -hmm. i don't need to escape mm -hmm. anymore i found mm -hmm. that source i had to go back through that really painful journey to discover that and and, and that last part of that journey of of coming out of that Uh, experience of of, of being separated from that connection uh, just made me realize that I have got the connection and I can reconnect with it mm -hmm. and I've recently done actually some I don't normally do it but I've done some guided meditation some uh, new moon mm -hmm. ceremonies about going back uh, and kind of reconnecting and re reclaiming parts of your soul that you sacrificed and And the trades that you made along the way, and I really kind of resonated with that. That you know, at certain times in my life, certain things happened, and I made a contract, a trade, which was a mm. terrible deal, mm. and I made quite a lot of terrible deals. Mm. And it's just about you know trying to consciously, you know, then get back into into a different. You know, I'm not a, a, a super great at explaining all this stuff it's for me it's just experience but mm. i kind of just could go back within myself go back to find that part of me that that needed me to go back and find it and then try to give it some love and try to give it uh you know some nurturing and all the things that that was never there at the time that created that yeah so for me i think the connection is there i think you know it was painful when i lost it And I really didn't know what to do with it. I wasn't equipped how to handle that. And and the, the life that I was born into, uh, you know, maternally, my mother left when I was eight, but pre probably before that there wasn't much, mm. great deal of nurturing and that kind of stuff that, you know, a sensitive person would have needed. So I, I just went the other way. So for me, it's, it's a case of realising through my own work and my own journey through life that you know i can be okay and i am enough and i am whole uh, and i i like i need to do a little bit of work to sort of connect with that and make that connection and i've got it now i've i've had it for for quite a while and not to say that it doesn't leave but i i you know i use that process mm -hmm. when i notice mm -hmm. that it's going and you know i can okay. just i can just be 
be with people and, and people energise me and just the giving and the sharing. Uh, you know, it's, be- it's a beautiful experience here. It really is. And it's incredible. And as painful as it is, you know, the, the flip side of that is that what I've learned is, you know, this is just incredible, this whole experience. I, I done, after I'd done that, uh, that, that breath work thing, I was meditating at one point. Not straight after, you know, maybe mm. two or three weeks after, and I was meditating, and uh, and and I had a sense of this inner being. I had a sense of this inner soul, and uh, and it was like, as I was meditating, there was three components. There was like this inner soul, there was my physical being, and then was my mind, mm. and 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 I was just observing these three components, and they was like all just together. They was all one. And there was no pushing or pulling or, you know, there was no negotiation. It was like, that was it. And, yeah, so I kind of really, having experienced that stuff, even when it gets difficult, I, I can I can mm-hmm. just try and get into some calmness, some meditation, some stillness. Or go out in the mountains or in a park or, you know, anywhere just to get that connection. Yeah. Uh, and sometimes, I know, I know the connection's within me, but sometimes I can sort of, tune into what's outside and just you know discover the beauty like i'm seeing it for the first time mm-hmm. or speaking to someone mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. you know just uh yeah just being connected i think i think that's that is yeah. the, the simple answer to that yeah. that long explanation is is just to find that connection. connection it's there it's a very important part of us i i just um send out my newsletter about belonging belonging and how to stand alone this um, also again polarities that dance with each other and and I think about um, the whenever I was explaining in my yin yoga trainings the organ of the heart always I did it with the different organs in relationship of Chinese medicine where not only the physiology was so incredible of an organ but also the emotional and mental and energetic impact that an organ had or was linked to and like the heart is really um, connected to sadness like when it's out of balance the lungs are connected to sadness too but the lungs are connected to sadness that is based on loss on grief because of loss whereas the heart is when it is out of balance um the, the the emotion of sadness is um, linked to that is just based of this isolation, this being disconnected from life or being disconnected from other people or being disconnected from our inner source or connection to our spirituality. So I, I find this heart pain, yeah, this actual really physical pain when our heart is aching, and sometimes we get tears and we cry and we don't even know why. But it's just this pain of life itself that for me has always to do with feeling either disconnected or strongly connected. Like these tears of joy of such a beauty or such a love. Or being so desperate and feeling so alone and so miserable that we feel totally disconnected. So connection for me is definitely one of the um, key points for healing 
or for not being in balance when it's not yeah. there. So yeah. this is nice to hear how you describe it, how you are looking to connect in different ways, inside yeah. or, or out. Yeah. yeah, and that's that's beautiful. I mean, I love you know, as you was as you were sharing it, I was just thinking, I I really uh, I want to come along on and do some work with you. You know, just on on one of your your retreats or whatever. I just like to really come and Please. spend some time in in that environment and experience that because it sounds just so enriching and so beautiful. And I I I get that. <laughs> I get that. Mm. You know that. Uh, when you're just overwhelmed with with like an unconditional love for just life and just for that you know being connected to whatever it is and mm -hmm. i uh i had it the other day i was i was driving in 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 uh south end i was going to a yoga class and i was driving along and there was a, a young jewish boy crossing the road and he had the, like the pesos uh, mm -hmm. hair ringlets and that and I stopped. It was quite early in the morning, so there wasn't much traffic. And I stopped and I looked at this young kid and I really looked at him in the face. I thought, wow, what a beautiful looking kid. Mm -hmm. You know, he looked really just angelic. And so I thought, wow. And, uh, and he crossed the road and then I, I looked at the next person and looked at them and really saw them. And then the person after. And then on my journey to the, the, the yoga factory is where I practice, Probably about ten minutes driving, I was, I was really just looking at everyone mm. and seeing everyone, and just such a, a depth. And you know, if there was like five people maybe at a crossing, I, I couldn't, you know, really like get eye contact with everyone. But I saw everyone. It was all different shapes and sizes, different colours, yeah, and beautiful. they was going on different journeys. And I thought, you know, I, I felt really just empathetic to them and, and to their journeys in life and my journey in life. And I thought, as I was driving, I thought some of these people I, I really like, I'd probably like, probably some of them I wouldn't like. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh, but I just felt an overwhelming love for them all. Yeah. And, and I was crying driving along. I just, and I kind of observed this and just thought, wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. How can, you know, where did this come from? Yeah. You know, I'm just taking a journey. And I made a little post about it actually and put it out because mm. it was just such a beautiful thing, but. Probably not a lot of people might have got that, but it was just being connected. It was that connection and just finding that, you know, we're all exactly the same. We're all just on our journeys in life and doing our best and, you know, whatever it is, it is. But when you when you shared that, it just reminded me mm -hmm. of that, of just that, you know, being in such bliss just to be connected. That yeah. It brings tears to your eyes. Yeah, it really does. And it's, it's, I think it's really about remembering it as often as we can and feeling it, this, this connection. And um, because it brings so much suffering when we forget it, so much suffering, so much separation, isolation, depression, eventually not wanting to be here anymore. Like when we do not remember anymore that we are, are connected. And, and it's interesting that I... I also here again I have to re recall it I really understood it again I'm I'm quite pragmatic I'm quite you know I'm Taurus I still was raised in Switzerland I I I really like to understand I like science and but I I like it I need it so that afterwards I can fly 
So when I was studying and choosing to study osteopathy for four years and I'm really going into the body, into the molecules, into the atoms, into the muscles and bones, it, it, it was such an, in, like, like studying the universe, no? When once we start or studying the insects, yeah. we start to, to look deeper and we ex, uh, expand our horizon so much until... I was literally on my knees, like the questions uh, stopped because I could see there are no answers anymore. This is where the logical mind cannot answer anymore. So devotion or belief or whatever. But really for me, the concept of God, goddess, was there. And seeing when, when we dissected the body really from the outside with our scalpels, to the inside until I had the brain with the spinal cord in my hand. So I was flipping open and flipping close again the heart, like in trance. It was really this glimpse of understanding how much everything is connected. Because the fascia, what I found inside of our body, doesn't stop. It, it made me understand how we stay connected out there without having to text, without having to type an email or to phone. Simply through thought and energy and heart frequencies, we are connected. We can communicate and we are communicating with each other. And I really think we can only understand it in a glimpse of a moment and we have to forget it again because it's. it would be very difficult to again live in this physical matter yeah if we always would remember it's 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 too much often but getting the glimpse and this bliss and this love and tears is such a balm for our heart that can makes us continue again for the next round of human experience wow hmm. what a lovely way to put that hmm. the next round of human experience <laughs> And yeah, I mean, I, I, I've kind of just thought, I mean, I've never gone to that investigative process that you went through, which sounds incredible, but I just, you know, sometimes have thought about, you know, how we are, how we are, you know, and just think, wow, you know, yeah. it's just completely beyond me. It's beyond me. I know we can understand a certain amount, but there is that element that comes in that, you know, God, whatever people, however people perceive that, and it can be, you know, lots of that's just a label as far as I'm mm. concerned, you know, and we've all got our own connection to that source uh, or, or not, you know, but it's, uh, yeah, it's just, we are incredible. We are incredible. And, yeah. you know, we have the ability to create our own realities, to create our own experiences in life, to change you know even our physical bodies to to a certain extent yes yeah. uh, absolutely yeah so we we are an incredible species and yeah i think yeah i don't know where else to go with it. <laughs> <laughs> but while you were uh talking about this or when i was talking about god you know i was again looking up and i was listening to a podcast between audrey Marcus, um, Aubrey Marcus and Matthias Estefano. Uh, two young guys from this world. One is Argentina and he, he remembers his past lives. He's kind of an indigo man, uh, Matthias Estefano. And Aubrey Marcus, a wild, tattooed Californian boy who has put himself, who also went a lot through 
drugs and experience and is out there in the world now as a spiritual uh, inspiration. And um, it struck me when Matthias mentioned then they were talking about God in a very special way at the end. And uh, when he said, you know, people are still looking up when they talk about God, whereas God or goddess, it's really within us. It's we are God. And, and it, it really caught me like, yes, and I still do it. And even when I'm meditating or praying, kind of the, 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 the eye goes upwards. And mm. it's such an exhaustion until I understood like to drop it into my heart and, and to look uh, or t uh, look for or also talk with God inside of me. And, and this shift, another shift, no, another shift of concept, which I hope keeps going on until yeah. I die, is another revelation like, oh, wow. Yeah, there, is, there are no limits to it, are there? There are no limits. There are no limits, yeah. and it's a beautiful uh, journey to take. And, and I've, I've, yeah, I've read, funny enough, just jumping quickly back to Deepak, we, I know you've got to be leaving very shortly, but... I read one of his books and it was called, it's titled was How to Know God. And I think there were seven stages and this was a few years ago. And I was, as I was reading through each stage of it, I got up to about six and I was just about there. It's like, you know, I was with the experience and, and the seventh was, I think, you know, we are God, we are co-creators. And it was like, whoa, that was too much for me yeah. at the time. But I, I get it now, you know, I get that now. And, yeah. uh, and I think getting back to that, that connection that we was talking about and, and, and why I, 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 I kind of, you know, don't need to leave anymore is because I found that connection. Mm. I found that part within me. And, uh, wow. yeah, and, and I was always connected. It was just life circumstances, whatever it was, you know, just, uh, or I just needed to take that journey to mm -hmm. discover what I've discovered in this life. You know, I think we, we get what we need. But yeah. It's yeah, not, it's not so. always what we want. I think so, absolutely. Yeah. 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 Miriam, I've, unfortunately, I think we're going to have to leave it there because you're going to be late. <laughs> so we have material for another one. <laughs> we have plenty of material for another one. I but thank so. you so much. It's <laughs> been you. really beautiful. It's just such a lovely conversation. And uh, yeah, I'm just so pleased that, that we connected. And I really look forward to, to, to you know, moving this on. What are you going to be doing and how people? How can people sort of connect with you? How can people follow you? Well, they can find me with my website, which is um, yogatherapymallorca.com and they see on the event page where I am. I have an online studio where every month I upload another therapeutic sequence for physical or emotional issues that we have. Right now they are over... 120 videos on it and every month they will be uploaded another one which is a nice way also very affordable also that's fantastic yeah. and obviously you know people can follow you on social media you put all this stuff out on, on social media yeah. as well in, in instagram i'm miriam wagner yin and uh, facebook i'm there too so also with my name miriam wagner yeah miriam thank you very much and it's been an absolute pleasure and uh, yeah just a privilege to sit down and have a conversation with you the same for me Stephen. thank you so much Lots and i'm love. looking forward to continue the journey together absolutely <laughs> thank you miriam thank you. 
Thank you for listening to the Cockney Guide to Enlightenment with me, Stephen Rosen. Thanks for your time and please don't forget to share this episode with friends. Uh, press the follow button and you can connect with me at Cockney Profit on social media. It's been great to have your company. Take care and I look forward to you joining us for the next enlightening conversation. Cheers.